0: When I was young, weather was a bit of a frivolous thing. You know, when you met someone you didn't know, you'd say, oh, nice day, or um, I wonder if it'll rain today. But everyone sort of knew roughly what was going to happen with the weather, and uh, in summer was warm, winter was cold um, and wet. Uh, Things didn't change a lot. Today, it's different. Weather's a lot more serious. Uh, it's very changeable. Uh, we've had some of the most extreme weather ever. We used to have droughts sometimes. We used to have floods sometimes. But now we're getting floods and droughts even more often than ever. Now, I live in South East Queensland in Australia and uh, we've had some horrible weather over the summer this year and record-breaking stuff. In my backyard, we have two acres and we have a creek or or stream flowing through the centre of the backyard. We've been there for 27 years and the creek flooded and came up higher this year than it ever has. We can see where it's gouged out the soil either side of the embankment and, and the garden areas there I've had to adapt a little bit knowing that there'll be some flooding but I never thought it would get as bad as it has this year. People are now starting to think about how can we mitigate storm and flood damage. The risk of damage to gardens in severe weather events is increasing due to the effects of climate change. That increased risk. Uh, can, however, be reduced by understanding extreme weather and what it does and developing the landscape in a way that both softens the severity of the extreme weather and reinforces the capacity of the landscape to resist damage uh, and then to recover from damage. Good design and management of properties, whether homes, commercial farms, Um, natural landscapes, any landscapes, can greatly reduce the risk of damage from storms and floods. You need to design what you're doing according to the conditions. And if the conditions are unpredictable, then you need to go overboard in trying to deal with uh, the very worst that might happen. Properties that have taken years to establish can be devastated by weather events. Trees can lose branches and be ripped from the ground completely and instantly. Other plants can be weakened, broken or killed. Soil, paths and driveways can be eroded. Buildings, furniture, fencing, walls and other hard landscape features can be destroyed or damaged. Certain plantings can mitigate storm and flood damage more than others. You need to choose what you're going to grow Um, and you need to grow it in locations and in a way that's going to mitigate um, storm and flood damage if you're in an area where that's likely to happen, and increasingly more areas are like that. A clump of trees will support each other and slow down the wind, but when you have a single tree exposed it's going to bear the full force of the wind and be more susceptible to damage. It's more likely to be pulled out of the ground. If it's pulled out of the ground, it's got nothing to soften its fall. So if it falls on a building or uh, some part of your landscaping, it's going to cause a lot more damage. When you've got a clump of trees, even if one tree does come down, it's got other trees around it that are going to soften its fall and the amount of damage that you might get is going to be decreased. So we need to look at how to soften the severity of extreme weather. Then we need to look at resisting the damage that can be caused. Then we need to look at recovering from that damage. Consider the type of plants, the height of plants and the density of plants. Understand that a mass of roots can hold the soil together and a mass of foliage can absorb and hold water, thus delaying the point at which there's too much water falling on the ground. Lots of water on the foliage, however, can make the foliage heavier. A dense biomass can slow down the wind speed. It isn't just about the plant varieties you use, though but also where you plant them and how you care for them in the months and years before the storm. For example, a deep, extensive root system doesn't pull out of the ground so readily. So if you treat a plant properly and you give it deep watering, you keep the roots or you create a deeper root system and that's going to hold in the ground when the plant is in an extreme situation. Don't create a fire risk, though, in your attempt to solve uh, storm damage problems. That's the other side of um, weather problems these days. Some plants are brittle, while others will bend in the wind. Some have stronger, deeper root systems that are more likely to hold in a storm the way we develop and treat a garden can impact the way plants resist storms. If a tree gets most of its moisture from near the ground surface, it may have a tendency for the roots to grow shallower. And that way the tree, uh, the plant isn't going to be anchored in the soil as well. You better to water trees deep, put a pipe in, Uh, Drill a hole beside a tree, put a pipe in that hole, put a cap on the pipe. And when you water, put the water into that pipe and the water falls down. So if it's a metre deep and then the water will disperse amongst the roots a metre down into the soil. That way you can keep the lower layers of the soil wetter than the top layers when you're watering the plant. That way the roots go deeper into the soil. That way, when you have a severe weather event, that plant is anchored into the soil a lot more. Some shrubs, low plants and ground covers will create a dense, relatively deep mat of roots across the ground surface. And that can hold the soil together, reducing erosion, slowing the speed of water that flows over the surface. Some plants have a natural tendency to drop branches. For example, some eucalypts will shed their lower branches as the tree gets higher. Often uh, very large eucalypts do that. Uh, Some other trees are like that, too. Other trees will hold on to those lower branches. So think about that if you're planting trees in areas where they're likely to be exposed to severe weather. Be careful about creating too much hard surface Uh, footprint on any property though just consider if you've got a 500 square meter house uh, property with 300 square meters of home built on it and then you add 100 square meters of concrete driveway and paths onto that property this leaves only 100 square meters of ground surface left to soak up all the water that falls on that property prior to development that water from a severe storm would be able to be soaked into 500 square metres of ground. Now, after all that development, the same amount of water can only be soaked up by 100 square metres of ground. Five times as as much water going on to uh, each square metre. So, let's look at resisting the damage. Uh, look at where trees are located. Consider where they could fall and uh, uh, what they might fall on. Control the direction of fall. One thing you can do is if you've got tall trees and you've got uh, it, where it might fall on a house, plant something that's going to catch it and slow its fall if it does possibly fall on a house. Better still anything that's really tall keep away from your house or or something that you don't want it to fall on Um, if you look at a tall tree that's already established in your garden and you think well it can fall to the north but you don't want it to fall to the south what you can do sometimes is perhaps put a cable uh, a steel cable onto that tree um, anchoring it um, uh, back to the north. So if it does weaken and it starts to fall, it's going to fall over. It's not going to fall very far to the south. It's only going to fall to the north or maybe twist around to the east or west a bit. Um, Cabling a tree like that can help. But then if you do put cables on trees, you can restrict its ability to move in wind. One thing about trees too is When trees, as a young tree, even an older tree, can move about in the wind a little bit, that can help exercise and strengthen the root system, and you want a strong root system to hold it up. So there are a few things to think about there, but there are um, ways that you can sort of reduce the likelihood of damage occurring in a severe weather event. Erosion control measures uh, need to be geared towards directing the flow of water. One way you can do that is by creating swales to slow the the speed of water. So you can build like um, landscape the slope so that the water comes down the slope and then is directed by a bit of a mound to move across the slope till it gets right over to one side, and then move across the other slope. So instead of um, flowing down a very steep slope, it's flowing um, zigzag down the slope, um, and uh, you're reducing the um, degree of slope that it's flowing over. When water flows down a steeper slope, it's going to be more likely to, to go faster and more likely to erode. So the whole idea of swales is to uh, make it um, flow down less steep slopes, zigzagging across the slope. And that way you can reduce the erosion. You can also use that for irrigation when you've got um, to get water to go to where you, you want plants to be watered in a dry situation. But that's a side benefit. We're talking about wet weather here. Uh, Check the drainage before any impending storms and clean out those drains to ensure water flow is good. Remove any loose litter lying on uh, low lying areas before a storm. So there's minimal material that can be caught and moved by fast moving water. Be aware, low lying steep sloped areas are particularly susceptible uh, to being affected by fast moving water. When those areas are mulched with loose materials such as small stones or wood mulch, the material is likely to be swept away and build up somewhere else um, and possibly cause problems where it settles. If a susceptible area is covered with large rocks, though, and big stones, the chances of the stone moving um, are reduced significantly. I've got a large flat area beside my creek, which uh, I know is going to flood. As I said earlier, this year it was just record uh, flooding. But that area... In the past, I've had synganium growing there, a a creeper that's held it together in average floods in the past. In recent times, I've had native birds, bush turkeys coming in and scratching up that area and destroying the synganium. So that hasn't been holding the plants together or the soil together. So what I've done is I've picked up large rocks out of the creek and I've put that all over where the synganium has been, that's deterred the birds from scratching it up and the syngonium was starting to grow back a little bit. Then we had this massive flood on Boxing Day this year. Um, Those rocks hardly moved at all because they were large rocks. And the syngonium that was starting to grow back, um, that is still growing back, that wasn't washed away. If I hadn't put those rocks there, Um, that soil would have been eroded even more and the degraded soil and the lack of syngonium tying it all together would have just caused a lot more erosion. Another way to reduce erosion is to cover susceptible slopes and low-lying areas with deep-rooted matting plants that will allow water uh, to flow over it it but hold the soil together. A mown grass cover can do the job there but you need to choose the grass varieties well. Some grasses have much deeper root systems than others. Some grasses will produce a matted um, cover of grass a lot better than others. So it's not just a matter of any grass will do. It's a matter of getting the right grasses there. If you let the grass grow to full size then that's going to um, give the Water something to grab onto and pull out of the ground, possibly that might be not as good if you've uh, and it it might also slow the water down and uh, catch uh litter that's coming down from up uh, further up the uh, the um, uh, water course. if the grass is mown, it allows water to move over the surface and flow away a lot faster. And, and not sort of um, dam up behind and, and cause a greater depth of water behind it. So mown grass is good. Choose the type of grass well. Be careful when you're creating a surface sheet on a steep slope. Um, sometimes people will put like mulch mat on a s- steep slope and then you have a massive storm and floods and, the, and everything just washes down the hill, including the new plants you've planted there. Sometimes people will put, um, might buy turf um, in a sod form and put lots of turf on a steep slope, hoping to stabilize the slope that way. But then if you get a severe storm, all of that turf can just wash down to the bottom of the slope. If there hasn't been enough time for it to establish and get deep roots into the ground underneath uh, that um, uh, carpet of sod that you've put on the top. You need to be mindful of not just creating a surface sheet on a slope. The slope really needs to be whatever you get growing on it. It needs to be pinned right into the soil. So you need those deep roots. Like I said before, Um, a water absorbent surface can be an advantage too. Um, it can soak up water if you've got organic matter on a surface uh, that can hold more water but like I said organic matter uh, like wood chip uh, that might just be picked up by a severe flood and taken away and leave the surface bare and then exposed to further erosion uh, so it depends on the situation um, a deeper topsoil can be better for draining into the subsoil. Um, a well draining subsoil is going to be better than a, a subsoil of stone or rock or heavy clay, which is going to be very hard to, um, to wet. Sometimes uh, the soil can be very dry even after a flash flood. Uh, When you get a few inches down or a few centimeters down into the soil and this may be because uh, the nature of the soil it's just hard to wet Um, If the subsoil is too heavy um, because it's clay that can be made more friable and more able to absorb water by using gypsum and applying it and improving the soil over a period of time prior to the flooding. Um, The other factor though is sometimes uh, waxes or lipids, fats which are in organic material can coat soil particles and that can repel water and that might be why Um, the water isn't being absorbed into the soil and it's building up more on the surface of the soil. You can overcome that by using chemicals uh, which are called soil wetters that can be bought in a plant nursery or garden centre. Applying soil wetters if you've got soil that doesn't wet well can also mitigate the problems from uh, flooding. So. After you've flooded, though, um, the soil is wetter, the water table is higher. So subsequent storms after that, if they keep going on for weeks, um, can reach a point of causing damage a lot faster. After a storm, also weed seeds can be dispersed from far and wide. And unless they're controlled ASAP, New types of weeds can invade previously not contaminated area. It can be same can happen with disease, um, plant diseases, fungal diseases, root rots. Um, Anything can be washed down from uh, further upstream or or uphill of um, where those plants are growing. It can be important to re-establish desirable plants as soon as possible in order to compete with invading weeds. If damaged gardens are left bare for too long, weed growth will inevitably become a problem. Cleaning up after a storm can be easier if the garden's designed with that in mind. Um, You have and if you have good access and you use the right techniques I've got an electric wheelbarrow that I got about a year ago, and that is so easy to uh, move heavy things around. As I'm getting older, uh, it makes uh, the work um, far, far easier than what it was in the past. And uh, this time after the Boxing Day storms this year, it's been um, really a godsend to be able to use that wheelbarrow to just pick up the rubbish um, I've had uh, all sorts of rubbish washed down from my neighbours upstream into the creek bed and I've been able to just pick it up, put it in the well and carry it up to the front of the house where I can then take it off to the tip. If you use the right tools, that can make a big difference. So here's a few other tips too. Um, avoid removing the biomass. Vegetation that falls or dies after a storm um, does need to be removed from where it fell either for aesthetic or practical reasons if it's just left there and you get another storm you're just going to get it creating dams and causing uh, the water to uh, dam up behind it and cause even more damage on your property Or that that's possible depending on your landscape um, to remove it from the property though you're potentially diminishing the nutrition and organic content in your soil. So it's always better to compost or chip or mulch the material that any organic material that's died or fallen after a storm. Uh, Do that on higher ground though, where it isn't going to cause a, a problem. Severe erosion may displace, degrade or remove soil. It may be necessary to replace the soil, which is lost. Low lying flooded areas often collect a layer of silt after heavy storms or flooding, and that silt can become a fertile place for weeds to uh, thrive, even on top of mulch mat. Uh, Silt can build up, and also change drainage patterns and it can clog up drains. So you need to attend to all those sorts of things. Finally, the other thing to think about are any water features you've got uh, or bodies of water, ponds, pools, lakes, uh, streams. Silt from a flood can build up and largely be unnoticed. Uh, The balance of any water ecosystem can become unbalanced. Water quality and depth can change, and you might not notice that that's happened. One of our neighbours has a dam, and he came in the other day and, and he said he didn't notice any difference but, uh, at first, but then he got uh, out into the centre of his dam and he realised after the recent floods, the depth of the dam had gone from two metres deep in the centre to only being one metre deep in the centre health issues can also emerge anything from mosquitoes to a buildup of dangerous microorganisms and health issues for plants too. When there's a lot of moisture around, you can get a lot of fungal problems. You can get wood rot. Um, Roots can start to rot. Uh, If you've used the right sorts of plants, um, some plants can withstand being submerged in very, very wet soil for a long time and then if they go through a drought also stand um, or tolerate uh, dry periods. Other plants can't tolerate the dry, but might tolerate the wet or can't tolerate the wet, but may tolerate the dry. Again, this comes back to thinking about what you're planting right from the very beginning with global weather changes. Um, it's going to require us to change how we think about our garden and have gardens which are more adaptable to varied conditions than what we've had in the past.